Hello and welcome. It's a fan check down on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett with you here. And to everyone listening on the podcast, thank you very much. We're back. So you were off two days last week. And I soldiered on. And then someone got my larynx. And then it was like, well, you're done. You're KO'd. I could not speak on Friday. My daughter was thrilled. So was my wife. But Sound you, good now? I'm I'm getting through it. I'm getting through it. The worst part was um, Sean Merriman's PR uh, person reached out to me to have him come on the show on Thursday, talk about the Chargers, whatever. Oh, b- oh and by the way, we will definitely be getting to Chargers talk and Brandon Staley in the next block because you know I've been waiting all weekend for this. The fact that I was not capable of speaking after giving up 63 points, the defensive genius. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, the voice monster got me, and yeah, it was uh, it was quite the weekend of lack of talking. But you soldiered on yourself. Show Ali comes in, steps in, does a good job, and here we are on a Monday. I know you're just waiting for this. It's going to get there. We're going to get there. How about them Buffalo Bills? Circle those wagons, baby. I really didn't want to do that because I like you you too much. Yes, yes you did. 31-10 is the final. And we got lots to get to. But that was... I don't know if I want to say that was the... Maybe it was the biggest statement win. But I think also it was probably the most surprising win. Just be in the in the not because the Bills won, but the nature of how they did it. I think it was the most disappointing game, unfortunately. Yeah, and we've had that a couple times this year, where oh, okay, two Titans lines up to be really even matched, classic game, and the game never got there. I thought the game that had was last chance. week, Cowboys and Eagles. It, it was, yeah, the other way. It was earlier in the year, Cowboys and Niners. Yeah, the other way. I think the game had a chance to get there early. And then the Cowboys continued to have self-inflicted penalties. And the Bills, to their credit, didn't make that type of mistake. The one mistake, you know, they would have made of that nature, um, a, a personal foul on Dak Prescott when he was sliding Zach Martin comes in and, you know, goes chest to chest and gets a personal foul himself, which nullifies it as there are offsetting penalties. But you had Curse, who had a personal foul that kept a a drive alive. Lawrence, when you got a stop in the red zone, had a late hit on uh, Josh Allen that kept a drive alive. And you had a contacting the kicker. That was the big one. That was where you not only got a stop, but you came close to blocking it, and the technique was not great. They tell you to literally take the ball off the foot, not to jump. Every single time that happened, drives extended after you got a stop, and points followed. I think early that was the the story of the game, and then I think late the story of the game was the Buffalo Bills threw the Dallas Cowboys out the club. They're like, we're bigger, we're stronger. We're going to continue to run it over and over 
and over, and you're going to decide if you want to stand here in the rain, in the wind, and defend the line of scrimmage. And at some point, I was like, ah, you know, we, we got our playoff spot locked up <laughs> by some stuff that happened elsewhere. You guys are fighting for your playoff spot. We good. Yeah. They- we checked out, and, and how long have we said, man, if only the Bills found a running game that's not Josh Allen. Yeah. And now we come into a game saying, well, the running game is so good, Josh Allen doesn't have to do much. He has to be the game manager that Cam Newton accused Dak Prescott of being. (laughs) The the QB who physically is closest to Cam Newton that we have is Josh Allen. And Josh Allen, all he had to do was manage the game, which how many times have we said, Josh Allen, I know you're trying to relitigate the 13 seconds. And I know you are trying to go and get your first MVP and put yourself in the class of uh, Mahomes and have the Superman cape. But, hey, like you don't have to do everything. Two times in a row in the red zone, Josh Allen was throwing the ball away when it wasn't there. I was like, who is, the, who is this person? Who have you, what have you done with my Josh Allen? Honestly. So I think it was like a, a mature win by the Bills. Mature in they. They understood the moment, but mature in the sense that they're like, no, we're, we're grown over here. Like, we're physically going to dominate you and make you submit, and that's exactly what happened. Did you learn more about the Buffalo Bills last night, or did you learn more about the Dallas Cowboys last night? I learned more about the Buffalo Bills last night, and the reason is, is that it's for the reason you mentioned. This team can run the football now, and it wasn't for as, as and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to illegitimize James Cook right now but even when Ty Johnson went in he was very effective when he was running the ball too like full credit to that offensive line they bullied Dallas's front four they bullied them and they made Micah Parsons who many believe is one of if not the best non-offensive players in the NFL made him irrelevant yesterday do you know who the second leading rusher in the NFL is right now? I'm going to guess it's James Cook. How shocked are you by that? Very. Stunned, right? Well, because that's a league number, but really it has come in the last month. Really, it's come as soon as Joe Brady started calling plays. Since week 10, James Cook, 462 rushing yards, fifth in the league, 18 explosive rushes, third in the league, Three receiving TDs, tied for first. Nine forced missed tackles on a reception, third in league. Six explosive receptions, tied for first. And I think that's the thing. It's not just about the running. He was their best receiving target last night because Diggs had a slower start to the football game as well. And, And we were seeing that, listen, you want to take away Stephon Diggs with your best cover corner and play some cloud coverages over the top. If some of our secondary receivers who have been up and down aren't necessarily on, we have a a target in the receiving game that hits you with swings, hits you in flat routes, hits you with some screens, but also can run some wide receiver routes and get open. James Cook has 1,401 total yards this year. He has 433 receiving yards as well. And you're talking about being that threat out of the backfield in multiple ways that he becomes, well, let's face it, really hard to cover. Um, There's some people who drafted Dalvin Cook 
above James Cook in fantasy this year. Yeah, well, I would have told you that you're foolish. I really, when they drafted him in the second round, I remember watching the draft, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Bills traded down twice in that second round. And I'm going, he's he's sitting there. He's sitting, I watched a lot of Georgia games because they were always on and they were playing in big games. And I'm watching this draft and I'm going, James Cook is literally sitting right there. And they ended up taking him late in the second round. And I'm like, oh my God, finally, a guy who can catch passes out of the backfield and, and a legitimate one. The difference is, is that I think that even in the Bills' wildest dreams, they could not have envisioned James Cook being this good of a rusher. Because I think that was always, the, what was always the knock? It was the same kind of questions about Alvin Kamara. Not big enough. He's not, he's not burly enough. But James Cook is efficient. He is fast. And he can, and he's got that thing that we like to call for running backs. He's got wiggle. And he looks great. And and credit to Joe Brady because he, you mentioned he's done a great job in really maximizing James Cook. And that's what has been kind of a difference maker for the Bills here. I'm going to pose this question to you. Wait, hold on. Before you move on. Sure. I, I want to credit Brady for a different reason. Okay. For being committed to it because... Yeah, fair. Whether it's an overall rushing attack, whether it's running for a specific runner, there is compound interest to the running game. Maybe you don't necessarily have those chunk gains early, but if you continue to run it and the running back works up a little bit of a lather, gets warmed up, gets some confidence, gets some timing in the zone blocking schemes with his offensive line, but on the flip side, that defensive line, third quarter, fourth quarter, starts to get tired, starts to make some business decisions, and no longer wants to hold the point of attack, starts jumping around blocks, trying to make a play, trying to get into the backfield. Then all of a sudden you have these wide open holes. Everyone starts to try and run the ball. It's who is willing to stay committed to it when um, we're only getting two, we're only getting three. We blocked it up perfectly, we only get six. But then you keep doing it in, in in the third, fourth quarter. All of a sudden, you're doing it all the way down the field because teams either can't stop it or they aren't willing to. 27 touches for James Cook. He had 179 rushing yards, one touchdown, two catches for 42 yards and a touchdown. He had more total yards than the Dallas Cowboys, period. Um, the question that I ask is, is James Cook the most important offensive player outside of Josh Allen on the Buffalo Bills right now? Without a doubt. If they're going to get to where they need to get to, people are like, oh, you know what? Dalton Kincaid, he's taking he had a, a zero. He had a zero yesterday. He wore the wrong gloves. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, Stefan Diggs is a you know, premier wide receiver. When you get to January, and if you want to get to February, it's bad weather football. Games where you're playing against an explosive offense where you want to limit the amount of possessions that they get. Games where you have a lead and you want to make sure that you get it to the closer and take it home. The running game is paramount. In the years, the Kansas City Chiefs have won a Super Bowl. They've done it because they have been stubborn and committed to the running game. In the years they haven't. It's because they thought that they could just throw it around and make up for the mistakes. I mean, just look at the top of the AFC. Baltimore 
and Miami have been able to run the ball consistently no matter who has been healthy. When we look at the two deep, the only team from a talent perspective that I would put in that conversation, now that uh, there's been some injuries in in, uh, Cincinnati and Kansas City has seemed to take a step back, would be Buffalo. The big difference between Buffalo and those two teams to start the year was they were running the ball like crazy and the Bills were not. Now that they are, there's no reason why on any given Sunday or Saturday, depending on when the wild card games are scheduled, they can't beat those teams, which is why I believe a couple things. I believe that if the Buffalo Bills make the playoffs, they will make the Super Bowl. I also believe that if the Buffalo Bills do not win the division, I'm not sure they're going to make the playoffs because they just had two outstanding wins in a two-week span against really tough opponents. When we looked at the schedule, we said, man, these next two might be the toughest to get. It could be early. It could be over early. They beat them both. Beat them the second game. They beat them handily. Well, and they were up 14-0 on the Chiefs, too. Yes, and they picked up two spots in the standings. Yeah, because they're not getting any help. But I, I, I almost feel like it's tough to get help because there are so many teams in and around the same spot, and there are so many games left where those teams are playing each other. So Indianapolis versus Pittsburgh, someone obviously has to win. So one of those AFC teams that are fighting for a wild card spot, although it's not out of the realm of possibility, uh, the Colts win their division because yeah. the Jaguars continue three, three to, to stub their toe, and Houston is not healthy. That's why I think for them to be, you know, chasing the pack, Law of Averages says it's going to be tough from a wild card perspective because you need some help because you don't have any tiebreakers and because your remaining schedule is much tougher than the rest of those teams. So for Dallas, it's another loss on the road. They're seven and nine in road games over the last two seasons, um, which feels like it makes winning the division so much more important. But, um, I didn't want to ask this question. Did that game take Dak Prescott out of the MVP conversation? No question. He, he fumbled the MVP last night. Now, I'm not sure there is a clear front runner because Kadarius Tony fumbled it for Patrick Mahomes a couple times oh, this year. Oh, man. Did he, and he fumbled another one yesterday for him. He another c- interception. He certainly did. Brock Purdy is the betting favorite right now at minus 200 at a bunch of places. I mean, I think you, you narrow it down because I think Tyreek Hill took himself out of the conversation by not playing. Yep. There are three likely candidates. Brock, two, on, two on the same team. Two on the same team. Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, and Brock Purdy came out and said that Christian McCaffrey is the MVP. And Lamar Jackson, who doesn't have the counting stats that Brock Purdy does, may end up with a similar, if not better, record. But the thing Lamar has, other than the institutional respect, he's already won an MVP, and he wasn't Mr. Irrelevant like Brock Purdy, so we don't have to retrain the way we think about Purdy, is Lamar has some Heisman moments. Lamar made a couple massive plays Mm -hmm. against the Jaguars that only he can make. He made a couple remarkable throws against the Rams that kept that team in the game, and they eventually won it. Bob Purdy's had a great year. Every time I look up at the screen, I see guys running wide open. 
Christian McCaffrey fell down and got up and still was able to score. That was pretty impressive, actually. His, it, there was 14 yards of separation on that one, 12 yards of separation on Debo Samuel's first touchdown. That robs Purdy of some of the great touch that he's thrown with. You look at the back pylon throw that he had to Debo Samuel on his second touchdown. It was outstanding. But I don't know if he has those Heisman moments. And, like, we're humans as as a voting body. And those are the things that stick in our memory. I know your vote, though, goes to... Mr. Relevant. Mr. Relevant. Brock Purdy. I, I Nothing was ever expected of Brock Purdy. Guy was never... He was probably never supposed to play games in the NFL. And this guy is playing at an absolutely elite clip. And we could say... What we want about Kyle Shanahan, when you were off, I had Greg Cosell on, and I said, you know, people keep saying he's a system quarterback, and he goes, we should stop saying that period about anybody because they're all system quarterbacks. No coach just throws them out there and says, go ball, man. Like, Lamar does it sometimes, especially yesterday when his headset wasn't working. But, right, but it's we, just what systems are, are better and how they're executed. Well, he's executing at, at an elite clip right now. But people were bullish on Lamar this year because he was in a new system. Yeah, 100%. And a system that graduated. The interesting thing for me about Purdy and the tax that he pays because of how he got his role and the fact that people want to give love to the play caller. People want to give love to the playmakers. And listen, I already did it in this block. We have a comp for this. Kurt Warner. 100%. 100%. Kurt I've Warner. been saying that for a few weeks now. Kurt Warner was an MVP winner. Kurt Warner had a Hall of Fame career. He, Kurt Warner was working at a grocery store. <laughs> he was. He was. He was playing arena football. It, it's funny because when you look at comps in terms of talking yourself into Brock Purdy as an MVP, there is another MVP who has almost identical numbers to what Purdy's putting up this year. His name is Matt Ryan. And it was the same play caller. Kyle Shanahan and you know maybe people look back historically and be like Matt Ryan won an MVP really but he did and Purdy is putting up almost the exact same year for a team that in my estimation is is actually better okay let's talk about Lamar Jackson and those uh oh by the way the Dallas Cowboys you mentioned it they clinched a playoff spot um they could they did a favor by not showing up in Orchard Park yesterday, they could do the Bills another favor by actually showing up in Miami this coming week against the Dolphins. Yeah, forget about me wearing Bills gear. You need to start wearing some Cowboys gear. As I'm sure you're gonna be listening to all the Cowboys podcasts, reading the blogs. Oh, yeah. You're a Cowboys fan now. I um I have a buddy, Ramel, who lives on my street and he's a Cowboys fan. And he texted me and he was just talking about the hellscape that is uh Highmark Stadium about the washrooms and the trough and all that stuff. He's like, I almost got into 10 fights. And then he texted me and he's like, listen, he says, I took enough of a beating from Bill's fans today. Let me go home, go to sleep. And then you can, you know, razz me tomorrow. So shout out Ramel, his first experience at Highmark stadium. Don't know that he's going back. Well, that was also a very pricey ticket yesterday. No kidding. More expensive than the Carolina Atlanta game yesterday. Oh my God. Well, for Park, good reason. Parking at Rogers is more expensive than the <laughs> Carolina Atlanta game yesterday. Shout out parking. Um, okay, so Baltimore, they clinch a playoff spot with a win over the Jags, 23-7. to uh, It comes at a cost for Baltimore, though. Like, that Keaton Mitchell yeah. injury was. If you haven't seen it, do don't, yourself a favor. Don't, don't watch it. Um, he's I, done for I, the have year. You, have, you, have you seen anything like that where 
in my estimation, he's not making a cut to make somebody miss. He's not. He literally he's stumbled. Running, yeah, he, but he's like running straight. He's running full speed. And yeah. His limbs were like, yeah, no more. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, no, we're going to stop here. And then the rest of your body's going to go forward. Oh. He, somebody did a... Somebody did a still shot of the moment where the injury occurs. Donovan, I'm telling you, not to get too graphic here, it looked his leg looked like a C, but Ooh. in the wrong direction. I didn't think, like, he looked like Gumby. I didn't think that you could bend that way. And for me, that, like, the Mark Andrews loss is, and, oh, man, people are going to get so bad at me for this. Wait, hold on. I love how you're like, not to get too graphic here, and then you just got graphic. He looked like a C. He looked like Gumby. It was like a cursive C. Like, he's just describing a gruesome injury in so many different ways. Anything else? Any other analogies you got for me to have me wince over here? I, oh, you're cringy like that? You don't like that stuff? Uh, I mean, I don't love it either, but. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm better now, but when, when I was still playing football and someone had one of those injuries and I'd be watching, I'd literally, like, reflexively grab the body part that they hurt, like, naturally just because you can you can imagine a couple things one what that pain is like but two what that mental anguish is like knowing that like all the work i put in to get to this point is now gone all the work i'm gonna have to put in to get back to this point uh is ahead of me it's just it's the worst it's the worst and i and i think i don't even want to say this because i'm gonna jinx it but we are almost home and clear without any massive QB injuries this year? Like, obviously, Jalen Hurts is sick and whatnot. There's a couple QBs that, you know, went into the tent, but we didn't lose any for the year. Um, but it's been a bad year for injuries. Yeah. And um, specifically for Keaton Mitchell, he's an undrafted guy. We saw James Robinson. Remember when James Robinson came onto the scene, went nuts, and then he tore his Achilles, and then he could not. He got a job with the Pats. Didn't work out. Then he... He was on somebody's practice squad, didn't work out. Then he was on Green Bay's practice squad, and and I think he got a couple of carries, and now he's back on the practice squad. Like, that's the, the – when you don't have no draft capital, that's massive for their careers. And and this is where I was going with this uh, before I grossed you out. Um, Keaton Mitchell was the one guy in that backfield that actually could be a difference maker. Yes. Justice Hill is a jag, just well, a guy. Gus Edwards is – a difference maker when it's goal to go. Gus Edwards but outside is a, of that. Gus Edwards is a great straight line runner because he is literally built like a fire hydrant. Like you cannot tackle Gus Edwards if he runs right at you, generally speaking. But Keaton Mitchell, this is the part where people are gonna get mad at me because you don't even know what you're talking about. But the Keaton Mitchell injury will loom larger than the Mark Andrews injury. And here's why. Isaiah likely has stepped into that role and has performed at the same clip that Mark Andrews was performing at. Keaton Mitchell was taking over that backfield and he was doing things that the other running backs were not doing. He was explosive. He made big plays. He could run outside the tackles, something that none of the other running backs can do. The only other guy that can do that is Lamar Jackson. He was a, a very good pass catcher out of the backfield. He kind of had everything going for him. The fact that he got hurt without anybody even near him is awful. But I think for the Ravens, I think that that completely changes how you run the football now. Like you're running the football now between the tackles basically all the time. 
Because you're not running Justice Hill as much as, as you were Keaton Mitchell, certainly. And when you run Gus Edwards, it's very straight line. It's There's not a lot of cuts in Gus Edwards' game. Well, so I think that that's why that injury, especially with how Mitchell had progressed and was starting to get more of the workload, I think that that injury is actually worse than Mark Andrews at me, Maddie Mar 89. Tell me how stupid I am, whatever. That's the truth. Well, I think it changes the way you defend the Ravens. Sure. And this is going to sound bizarre saying this about the Ravens, but I think you defend them, letting them, allowing them, encouraging them to run the football because you'd rather death by a thousand cuts. Listen, you want to run it at me and get three yards per carry up and down the field? Knock your head up. But what we don't want is Zay Flowers to get off and likely to get off and Odell Beckham Jr. to get off and Lamar to be running around making these explosive plays in the passing game. And so for so long, there was no passing game in Baltimore and it was all about stopping the run. Now when the Ravens come to town, I think you're saying you try your best to spy Lamar Jackson, which is somewhat fleeting because whoever you're spying him with is not nearly as good an athlete as he is, but at least to put that in his mind. And then you are playing the pass and hoping that they run it on first down, run it on second down, and you can get off the field on third because they don't scare you in the run game in terms of having a chunk play, having a, a quick strike that will leave your defense compromised. Um, and and for the, the Ravens, you know, clinching the playoff spot is, is big. They're still fighting for home field advantage, which is going to be a big deal for the Ravens, especially if the weather is nasty in Baltimore because even though Keaton Mitchell is a big loss they are still able to run the football and run it effectively like you said just run it differently it's going to look like a different running style well I'll give you another reason why it's going to be massive is because these teams are limping to the finish line yeah. and that one team getting that extra week to rest you don't think Tyreek Hill could use an extra week on that ankle you don't think Travis Kelsey could use an extra week because he's old you don't think the, I, know, I know how he feels. The Ravens could use an extra week, you know, given that, you know, how about Canary's Tony? Can he get the stone off his hands in a week? Does he, that work? He's, he's a lost cause. He's, he's unplayable. Like, he's I, unplayable. I mean, I understand that like, he's one of your best, I don't know. Athletes. Great. Yeah. But he's not one of your best receivers. No. And so there is, listen, the, the group hasn't been great. Uh, all together, but at this point, I'm like, put another tight end on the field. Like, at least there's a threat they'll block, and they're not, <laughs> not nearly ex- as they might, explosive. They might do something. I don't know. I don't... I, I, I can't remember a player that has been as big of a net negative as Kadir's Tony. He, he has... He's given up as many touchdowns as he scored this year. Yeah. I didn't even mean to get into that, just because I mean he's also a guy that's been a distraction too. Like that's the other thing. When you when you're that bad, shut up. Don't talk. Say nothing. Yeah, that's pretty brave. Yeah. Um here's the thing though yesterday too. Baltimore's offense looked a little sloppy. Like if it if it were not for a couple of missed field goals, some really bad turnovers by the the Jaguars, specifically the Trevor Lawrence one, where it's just like, oh, shouldn't have had that popcorn. Well, just right out of my hands. Too much butter. 
Well, when are we going to have the Trevor Lawrence conversation? What, that he's not elite? We could do that right now because I, mean, I don't think he's elite. Leads, I, leads the league in fumbles. We spent so much time. He leads the league time. in fumbles since 2022, I believe, as well. I think he's got like 19. Talk about Josh Allen gets a lot of, of, of crap for fumbling the football and all these turnovers. Trevor Lawrence should be in that conversation. Now. Well, that's exactly where I was going to go with it because we had a referendum on Josh Allen and his ill-advised interceptions. Last year, we had a referendum on Dak Prescott and his interceptions. In fact, he led the league, even though he didn't play the entire season. Trevor Lawrence. So the the general thought, you know, in football is when the, when you have the ball in your hands, like you have the organization in your hands, right? Like that's yeah. the level of care you need to take with it. You can't be that cavalier with it because if we end up, you know, turning over, losing games, like it's not just about you. People are losing jobs. People are not making their their incentives or bonuses. Like, that's the level of care you need to take with it as a QB. And he just doesn't seem to care. Uh, 0-3 in the red zone, 3-13 on third down. And that's not even to say they had 20 seconds with which to get a playoff. Oh, they didn't what, get a was, playoff. what was that? I mean, they could have got three off, whether you – listen – you 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 throw the ball inbounds uh, short of the goal line, and then you can't get lined up and get a snap. Uh, so not only do you not get seven, you don't even get three before the half. Like these are rudimentary mistakes that in year three, as an elite QB, as a first overall pick, you shouldn't be making at this point. And he's make he's making a lot of boneheaded mistakes very often. Like, that, that's the concerning thing. This is not just, like, one week. It's like, oh, well, you know, he had a bad week. No, 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 no. This is an ongoing problem with Trevor Lawrence. And now, I also think that the Jags got hosed on that Calvin Ridley touchdown. Or non-touchdown. Because it, it was it was a touchdown. At the at the end? At the end. But I'm just saying, like, there's a, there's a litany of things that lead to the Ravens winning. And it's less about the Ravens winning and more about the Jags losing it was the turnovers it was the missed field goals it was the non you know the the reverse call on the touchdown or actually it was the call on the field and and it stood so that's why like the ravens weren't super impressive yesterday either but for the jags they're in a three-way tie in the afc south right now trevor lawrence is in concussion protocol it's this was a team that a lot of people talked about as a dark horse contender after they had won five in a row and now you look at them and go, mm, I just cleaned my glasses a little bit. And it's like, oh, okay, th- there are the Jags. Um, here's the other thing with this, specifically this offense. We joked a lot, and I'm sure you did too, and everybody did, about the Christian Kirk contract when he got it. And how, and how heavily incentivized he was to go play in Jacksonville. Let's not underscore how massive a loss that has been for this offense because he was kind of the do-it-all guy. You could play him in the slot. You could play him out wide. You could do things with Christian Kirk that you can't do with Calvin Ridley or you can't do with Zay Jones. And we've seen this offense struggle when he's not been in the lineup. That's a massive loss for them. And Zay Jones left the game yesterday too with a knee injury. So they are, you know, you're talking about the walking wounded. The Jacksonville Jaguars are in that conversation too. They have now lost three straight. Do you think they... Hold on and win the division, because if we just no, I don't take a snapshot on how the three teams are playing: Indianapolis Colts, 
Houston Texans. With Case Keenum, they won yesterday, I might add, the Houston Texans. And actually, you know what? If I would have seen the uniforms before the game, I would have changed my pick because I had the Titans winning and the Titans controlled most uh, of the game. But how dare you wear Oilers throwbacks? Yeah, that's disgusting. Against the team that is currently in Houston. You stole their team. Then against them, you're going to rub it in their face. Wearing those powder blues. Yeah, that's a joke. Uh, the Jags have the Bucks, uh, who are led by the the GOAT, Baker Mayfield, apparently. Um, they have the Panthers, and they have the Titans to finish off the year. I get, I can see definitely one loss in there. I, I mean, you could sway me on Tennessee. Last game of the year, Tennessee's like, oh, we're going to go out with a bang, whatever. I mean, I could see it. Um, so we'll, so we'll see what happens there. I, I, we got to take a break. I wanted to get to this text though. Uh, this one from, uh, Dan from G town. Okay. I would assume it's Georgetown. Oh, I can't think of anything else. Uh, Guelph. I feel like, well, maybe, but I think it's, I think it's Georgetown okay. anyway, whatever he wanted to bet with you and he didn't get it in, um, for the Cowboys and bills game. Uh, the great and talented Donovan, a an eight by ten glossy of him. If the if the Bills won, and uh, if the boys won, he would give uh, a ten dollar gift card to Timmy's. Unfortunately, he didn't get that one in. So wait, sorry, what's the bet? He wanted he wants bet. He, it was a uh, he wanted an eight, a, probably a signed eight by ten of you, and if then he the would have given one. Yeah, I had to sign an eight by ten. That's it. That's what it was. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, Dan from Grimsby or wherever you are. Georgetown. Uh, Georgetown. Or, or Guelph. Or, or Guelph. Whatever. Um, I mean, that, the stakes aren't that high. But but also, when did he when did he message? Oh, this, he's just saying this, that he he wanted to bet. Yeah. That's what the parameters would have yeah, been. Dan, I wanted to buy Apple and Tesla stock. No, but he's not, he's not saying that, he's not saying that you need to do this now. Okay. He's saying, he's he's, just, he's, he, just he, he wished that he had, he had wished that he had done it. Well, Dan, when the bills and Dan Cowboys. Is a, Dan is a regular listener to this program. Appreciate it. And it is Georgetown. He just texted me. Ah, Thank okay. You, there you go. Makes sense. Uh, when, when the bills and Cowboys meet in Super Bowl, we can set the stakes and we can bet. Okay. That'll be a big one for us. I forgot the jersey today. I'm sorry, everybody. I had it at my house. I apologize. I think I was just felt bad about those those Super Bowls. I'm like, you know what? Oh, stop. It's been a while. You know what? We, stop this we, nonsense. We'll let you have this. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Anyway. All right. We got to take a break. When we come back, somebody got fired on Friday. And I'm never usually this giddy because I don't want anybody yeah. to lose their job. What are you, but Donald been, Trump on The Apprentice? But we've been calling for this basically since the beginning of the season. So we're really smart. That's why you listen to the show. Uh, and that show is The Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett. We will be back in a moment. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett. The band is back together. Hopefully we can get through a week. Because then we're off for a week. Don't don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. I did say hope. I didn't say we will. I would we, never. We will get through a week. Just speak it into existence. We'll try. We will get through a week. 
As long as the voice monster doesn't get me again. I'm going to get an email that I'm going to be on assignment for something or that <laughs> my child's daycare is shut down because every kid in Canada is sick right now. Oh, yeah, I know. My wife's a kindergarten teacher, so I get that a lot. She's like, oh, I just, I'm like, get away from me, please. I love you, but, and my daughter, just a champ. I think she's been, is there wood somewhere? Or just my head. I think my daughter's had like the sniffles like twice in her existence. She's a very fortunate child. Ride that wave for as long as possible. No kidding. Um, okay, there's no segue for this. Although, yes, there is. We were so sick and tired of watching the Chargers defense week in and week out with all that talent do absolutely nothing with it. And we finally got something that told us, okay, ownership sees exactly what we see, an absolute tire fire. So I'm going to play Dean Spanos, owner of the L.A. Chargers, trudging into work. Brandon Staley's office. Uh, hey, Brandon, how are you? Uh, you know, it was a it was a rough it was a rough night. You know, we gave up sixty three points, and I still think I should keep my job. But um, you know, I, I think I've done a lot of good things here. You know what, Brandon? I, I think that I think that you could make that case, but you're not going to make that case today. Yeah. Oh. There's Tom Telesco's office, general manager. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Well, you know, we gave up 63 last night, but I think I've built a really good roster. I think we could just use a different coach. Oh, that's interesting because I just fired him. Oh, really? You just fired Brandon? Yeah, yeah, I fired him. Um, oh, well, you know what? I'd love, to, I'd love to get another opportunity to have a fourth head coach under my resume. You know what, Tom? That sounds like a fantastic idea. However, yeah! Yeah, Dean Spanos, Colleen's house. And then, based on reports from what we've heard, and I want to know if you buy this nonsense, because I do not. Kellen Moore reportedly, and I don't know if this is factual, declined the interim head coaching position because he doesn't want to hurt his chances in this coaching cycle. Does somebody want to tell Kellen Moore that he wasn't getting a job based on what he's done this year with the LA Chargers? Or am I totally missing the, the boat here, Donovan? As Shay Hillenbrand once famously said, the ship be sinking. <laughs> that is exactly where the Chargers are right now. I, I think nobody wants any ownership or accountability of the situation that they find themselves in which is why I said it last week. You'll say it again. I think they should start from scratch and pair a head coaching candidate that they like and a GM that they like, Ray Agnew, assistant GM of the Lions, and Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator with the Lions, is a group that makes sense. And people are like, oh, you know, Matt has mentioned Jim Harbaugh. People oh, I'll have... tell you something about some Jim Harbaugh. Okay, continue. Just remind me. Okay, I will remind you. Uh, people have mentioned, oh, Bill Belichick. That's what old people like to do. They like to, you know, go to California and semi-retire. And so Belichick has spent years without a quarterback. As soon as Tom Brady left, he would get the second highest paid quarterback in the league in Justin Herbert and a roster with some pieces. Spanos is cheap. 
which is why this is the first time he's fired a coach before the end of the season in the six times that they've fired a coach since 1990. I think an up-and-coming coach and GM would be fiscally responsible, and I think that's the direction that they go. I'm surprised, quite frankly, that it took this long. I mean, his first two seasons were pretty good. 19-15, 25.4 points per game, 375 yards per game on offense, a plus-four turnover differential. But relative to the roster and relative to what they were spending wasn't good enough. They were supposed to challenge the Chiefs in the AFC West. They were fighting for playoff positions in ways that made absolutely no sense. All you got to do is tie the Raiders to make the playoffs. You figure out a way to try to win, and thus the Raiders are like, okay, well, if you're going to do that, we're, we're going to win, and, and we'll make the playoffs, and you'll be out. How about when you've already had the playoffs wrapped up? Why are you playing your starters? And your number two receiver gets injured, and you don't have his use in the playoffs. Then in the playoffs, you blow a four-score lead. So no one believed what he was saying, including, if we're being honest, himself when he would campaign for his job. And I think that's why he had to go. But but I got a chance to give my perspective on this with show last week. You have not. So when you saw the push alert come to your phone from the Sportsnet app that Brandon Staley was gone, your first thought was... Who should be shocked by this? <laughs> like, they're, they're, I got a text from someone that said, I'm surprised it took this long. I was like, yeah, but they flew back from Vegas the night before, and it was on Western time. I was like, so it, this probably happened, like, on the team flight home. Well, the owners did not go to the locker room post game, which is something that they routinely did, win or lose. And there's been some reporting that that was the sign to people in that room that, oh, okay, well, I guess this is happening now. When you give up 63 points, that tells me also um, that your players quit at some point. That's the other thing. And that was very noticeable that the players had quit on Brandon Staley because they knew that he wasn't long for the job. Their season's over, and they're looking at this going like, what are we doing here? Um, It was a tire fire. It, It was a tenure that included so many big contracts to defensive players having a quarterback on a rookie deal with very good skill position guys and they fumbled the bag. Like they, they just, they Justin Herbert is going to be on coach number three going into his fifth season. If Anthony Lynn, his rookie year, then he had Brandon Staley and now he's going to have another coach. They better get this one right because how many coaches, how many quarterbacks have we seen that have just been ruined by, Bad coaching or the wrong, maybe not bad coaching, but the wrong coach. I never thought that bringing in a defensive minded head coach and look at the turnover that they've had at offensive coordinator is ever good for a young quarterback like that. Like what would Justin Herbert do with Kyle Shanahan? What would Justin Herbert have done with Brian Dable? Who, if I'm not mistaken, Brian Dable was in the running for the Chargers job. And if I'm not mistaken, they went with Brandon Staley. So there's a lot of misses here. This next one has got to be a home run. 
It has to be a home run. And it and I'm not saying that it has to be Jim Harbaugh or it has to be Bill Belichick because I, I don't think that Bill Belichick is the home run that everyone thinks that he is. But I do believe that this is make or break for Justin Herbert either taking that next step because the talent's there. There's no question. Taking the next step into the elite category with the guys like Burrow and Allen and Hertz and Lamar and Mahomes. But if they don't get this one right, it's going to be the same old, same old. He's going to be Phillip Rivers. Well, I would say this. I would say the autopsy has to dive deeper than the coach or the front office. Brand Staley, as much as he's had issues, he's a 500 coach. Anthony Lynn. Above 500. Now, Mike McCoy was a bit of a disaster. Norv Turner, above 500. Marty Schottenheimer, above 500. What are the expectations for the Chargers? You, you, you don't spend the way other groups which, do. Which is weird to me because all these owners are making money hand over fist. But, but they, to me, just want to be a part of the club, a part of the franchise. They're that, okay with the status quo. Yeah, Listen, they, they had a okay scenario in San Diego. They didn't want to spend to, to build their own stadium like other people did. They, Let's ride the coattails. <laughs> they, hey, you're building a stadium in L.A.? Can we rent a room? <laughs> they're, they're renting the stadium. They are, Nobody wanted them in L.A. They have no fan base in L.A. They had a loyal fan base in San Diego who are so upset about the way things ended in San Diego that they said, well, forget you. We're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not Raiders fans. We're not following you wherever you go. So n- now they literally don't have a fan base other than one woman who went viral. She should coach the team Yeah. at this point. So it's, it's do you, do you have a, an owner that's really invested, right? Like for better or worse, Kraft and Jerry Jones, they, they clearly care. They're, they're a part of the process. No. Well, do you have an owner that is going to spend money everywhere else at a high level, because there's only so much you can spend on the roster. The Pagulas, for example. Yeah, sure. No, you don't. You have a, a fan base that you can rely on. History. No, no, no. So why, like, why would you be better than average? Yeah. So it's and that's and that's the thing with the Chargers. Like, if you, it's put up or shut up for this ownership group. A uh, couple of Jim Harbaugh updates. One, his house is not for sale. Okay. I can confirm that. Okay. People are gonna be like, "How did you do that?" I'm like, I, I did it. Um, it's not for sale. Uh, the other thing, that clip of me talking about Harbaugh as potentially the next coach of the Chargers is now starting to get traction again. I saw that. People are like, I'm like, oh boy, here we go again. Um, okay, that's enough about the Chargers. You're gonna, was- you're gonna be reporting. Okay, Jim Harbaugh's private jet is in the air. It's flying towards California. Mm-hmm. I was still trying to look up if he had property in the LA area, and there is an office building. Well, he's got ties to the two teams who have openings. He was an assistant coach for the Raiders, and he, people don't remember this, but he played, played for the Chargers. for the Chargers. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about this, uh, this Monday nighter, Eagles-Seahawks. We have no idea who's playing a quarterback for either of these teams. We anticipate it's Drew Locke, and it sounds like potentially Jalen Hurts, but this game, as Donovan pointed out before, was flexed out of the Sunday uh, 1 o'clock slot. No, it would have been a 4 o'clock start um, because it is in Seattle. And 
so the Eagles may get the benefit of this getting the extra day because Jalen Hurts apparently would not have played yesterday. But we still could have a juggernaut matchup of Drew Locke versus Marcus Mariota. That is still on the table. Uh, last chance city for Seattle here. Six and seven. Um, if you don't win this one, you're probably done. Uh, the Rams passed them yesterday with their win over the Commanders. They're still sec- they're still second outside the playoff picture behind the Saints. Yes, Donovan, the Saints are the next team up. Uh, could have two teams in the NFC South in the playoffs, like I said. Um, if the Eagles can't run the ball today, I don't know how this one's going to go because they're not going to be able to stop the pass. They haven't been able to do that in a while. How do you see this one playing out? I don't know because I don't know who's playing for either side. And I think that's. I would anticipate that Jalen Hurts is the guy who's going to go tonight. So you think them downgrading him is to not be like the Falcons, basically? Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think the Eagles dominate line of scrimmage on both ends, and they win, assuming that their MVP and Hurts is healthy. You? Yeah, I think Hurts plays, and I, I don't. With Drew Locke at quarterback, I don't think it's particularly close. Although. Eagles have issues in the secondary. This is the wrong team to have them against. Yeah, they certainly have the, They certainly have guys that can hurt you. Uh, I would assume that DK Metcalf gets his work in today, um, and that's why for best bets, I'm going with DK Metcalf over 57 and a half receiving yards. Let's give him a touchdown, too. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. We have so much to get to tomorrow because there were so many big stories. Can't uh, wait. It's going to be fun. Uh, Hopefully we're both here. Uh, thanks to Lance behind the glass, Donovan across the table. Matt Marchese signing off for the fan checked on the Sportsnet Radio Network, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.